Welcome to the Student Affairs Spectacular, the weekly podcast giving you a front row seat to the greatest student affairs show on earth. And now your ringmasters, Tom Kriegelstein and Dustin Ramsdell. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Student Affairs Spectacular podcast. Dustin here, and this is episode number 114 with me and Tom. Uh, just another one of our regular check-in episodes, catch up and talk about what's on our minds and uh, just kind of update on our, on our lives and stuff. So uh, just like to do these episodes uh, partially, uh, just gives me an excuse to uh, talk to Tom on a semi-regular basis, but then also uh, just proves to you all that Tom is still alive, uh, even though he uh, doesn't do as many episodes anymore, but I always like for him to be a part of the show. So this one has some stuff about goals and accountability and just some cool stuff in the show notes uh, that you can check out. Um, I will uh, also just give another nod to uh, the uh, promotion that we're doing. Uh, if you leave a review on the iTunes store for us, we will uh, be rewarding some random folks with uh, free ebook versions of our new uh, book, First Year Student to First Year Success, that we talked about on a previous episode of this podcast. So, um, please help us out uh, and help yourself out at the same time. Uh, so just head on over to the uh, iTunes store and leave us a review. Really appreciate it. And without further ado, this is episode number 114 with me and Tom. How's it going? It's going. You're in a new, I see, new workspace. Yes. Ever, this is wild. Yeah. We have our own little, uh, like, I, I know, from like your office there, just a little little rooms here for you know uh calls and stuff like private calls so um yeah it's nice that i mean like i had my own office before to do them in but um yeah these rooms are like fully set up like i could have you on a big tv if i want it you know um, yeah so, yeah um, it seems like your your clothing is a much more casual yes yes yeah i mean like even more so i mean it was sort of like i mean at, at huston this sort of was implied i guess not a I don't know what the right word is, but sort of like it was casual, but it wasn't like a part of the culture. It just was like, I don't know. Um, but here very much like enforced, like, yeah, wear shorts. Like we don't care. Wear flip flops or like, you know, whatever you want to do. And um, yeah, so like, something okay. that I appreciated about it for sure. So um, I, I think yeah. that's an interesting thing um, where, cause we had Kevin Wright who runs the, was on the leadership team, was an intern at Swift kick. And, and runs the newsletter now for mm-hmm. Student Affairs Collective. When we first met him, he was in a full suit and tie, and he walked in the office. I was like, "Whoa, Kevin! Like, you, like that's a lot because this is a way casual culture uh, workspace." And I feel like, but at the same time, I don't. I would wear flip flops to work, but I wouldn't know. I don't think I would care if anyone else was. Right. I don't think so, but that. It's interesting because I think at the college level, I think there's there's not only is the culture of the campus unique in, in terms of what the style is, but then I think that, and this is just a total hypothesis, but I think the upbringing of people also impacts how they dress. Um, and, and I think it plays into privilege or not privilege. Like, um, do I need to dress up to prove myself to a group or as a, as a white male, tall white male, like I can get by with a little more laughs on the, the clothing I wear. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into, it. I know it comes up in, uh, you know, the essay chat world every once in a while, like professionalism, what does that even mean? Sort of is like the, 
I don't know, yeah. the book title of just like professionalism, colon, what does that even mean? Like, where does it come from? Why do we, you know, because I think, yeah, it gets into like gender norms. Yeah, it gets into like, um, you know, different socioeconomic status kind of stuff. And yeah, and it, I can sense it here too, that it, it's like a challenge by choice for lack of a better term where like, it's like you can kind of wear whatever you want, you know, obviously as long as you're decent, but yeah, some people do shorts and flip-flops, t-shirts, some people do dress up a little bit more, you know, um, you know, they might wear you know, button up shirt, buttoned up and, you know, just pants and you need to do that. But, um, I think it's just whatever you're most comfortable with. So it's like, that's, and, and yeah, I, I appreciate that because it sort of takes that out of the equation sort of thing. You know, um, I think people are focused on doing a good job, not like, what am I going to wear? I got to look, you know, kind of have a suit and it's iron or whatever. Um, and they also also say like dress to the occasion, certainly like if we have, you know, you know, important people coming through. It's like, where's like a little nicer, you know, but yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's been, I guess, as of the recording of this episode, almost two months in the job. So it's been, uh, wow. yeah, going pretty well so far, which feels like both a, a lot of time and not a lot of time kind of, but, um, you know, cause there's like a whole training phase, which, um, was good, but I was ready to get the training wheels off. And now it's been sort of full speed ahead for the past couple of weeks. Cause we're going to, uh, start classes for our students here soon so um i can't believe yeah. it's been a full two weeks already that's wild yeah i'm um, oh, sorry two months two months yeah that's wild. <laughs> um yeah cause i started may 9th it was just such a quick turnaround that was the thing i said i like ended my job at hassan and then that week like moved down here over the weekend and then i was here um for you know monday morning for training and um you know, stayed at an Airbnb, so tip of the hat to that for helping me not, you know, <laughs> have to, like, be super uncomfortable before I, like, because I had already kind of made progress in an apartment, secured that when I physically got down here, and then, um, yeah, moved in the following week after I started my job, so, um, yeah. yeah, it's definitely well, been a whirlwind, a, yeah. <laughs> there's actually a fun connection, um, is that the, the founder of 2U, Jeremy Johnson, mm-hmm. Uh, or co-founder, I guess. He he's since moved on, but he was recently in the news because uh, he launched a new thing called Andale or something like that. That was Mark Zuckerberg's and and his wife uh, Priscilla Chan their first uh, investment, and it, they put twenty four million dollars into this 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 new project of his uh, to train. Uh, to train engineers, people on engineering in Africa, uh, knowing that there's such a demand for engineers in the world, and so they're going to a place that has uh, uh, struggling with the, the educational system, and they're saying, well, we'll help you, we're going to train you. And so uh, he was just in the news, not more than a week ago or something, but yeah, hmm. the legacy, the legacy. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, it's, it's neat. That's actually, that's actually pretty cool. Because um, yeah, there's actually yeah. another random like connection with Mark Zuckerberg, as somebody who um, was one of like the higher ups here, went to work with their uh, educational initiative. Like right when I started, it was like a one of the kind of headlines from our world. But um, yeah, because I feel like that's that's like a big deal. Like the Mark Zuckerberg and all that Facebook money, just like they're doing <laughs> stuff. You know, <laughs> yeah, they're just doing things. Around. If he wants to throw any our way. Uh... Means, yeah, okay. it's like they could just like, yeah, here's like a million and like just give it to whatever. And like, yeah, it's just, it's, I mean, I guess it's good. I, I, it's so like incomprehensible to me, I guess, like what kind of like on the scale of what they're doing. But it, it, uh, I guess at first glance, seems like they are doing good things with that money. You know, they're trying to better the world. So I'll appreciate that. Um, yeah. 
because it is. I have I have no doubt Mark Zuckerberg and his wife are, are going to eventually be um, uh, the Bill Gates and Melinda of the world. No doubt. Like he's because he actually even said in several interviews that that's his idol. And so like he's just already following suit. He's like, well, now I have a fund. I'm going to go do good in the world. Um, yeah. So more power to him. More yeah. power to him. I will continue to like stuff on Facebook in support of his efforts. <laughs> yeah, just everything you do, it's just like, you know, here's to you, Mark, you know, run a first day basis. I don't want to like this one right now, but I'm doing it for you, Mark. Just helping out that algorithm, you know, I'm just doing my part, good citizen. Um, but yeah, if you're listening, Mark, uh, we're on that, you know, first name basis here. We're talking, you know, thanks for doing what you do. So, you know, yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah this sucks. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, I jotted down some random stuff. I mean, I could I could talk about um, you know the new job and stuff, but I also realized that with, like with like the summer solstice, I feel like that's like we're halfway through 2016, so it's sort of like you know I can kind of figure out what's what's been going on just like over the course of those those months for us, or just like things that we felt like have kind of come up on our radar. Um, because amazing, yeah, yeah. amazing that we're already halfway through uh, the year. Yeah. This is a good time, everyone. Check in on those. Uh, check in on those uh, New Year's resolutions that you forgot about. Yeah, it's actually a good point. Or it's just like, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think I did anything. But I just realized that like somebody listening to this is gonna be like, damn it, that God, just like, it tall, yeah, tall, <laughs> they're just like, like walking I mean, somewhere and then they just, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, no, speaking of which, though, on that, I was, uh, I, I, I. Um, I've come up with a system. Well, no, let me say what, what the end is, and then if we want to talk about it, we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I was reviewing some book notes, and in uh, one of them was just like how it, it's a strategic planning book, and it said if, if, your, if the task isn't on your weekly pla- uh, to-do list, it's not going to get done. Even if it's the smallest thing, the, the thing was like put it on your to-do list. Like get it somewhere so that you know or if, and this is more for teams, like if you're running a team, um, make sure that in that span of that week, whatever it was, that you're putting it in there because if it's not on the list, it just won't be done. Now, it doesn't mean if it's on the list, it gets done, but it like just the idea of like putting it on a list. And today, our team, we had our, we had our every week, we have our weekly meeting on Tuesdays, and so we just had it being today of the recording is a Tuesday, and this morning, several of us came in and, and we were launching this new book for the student affairs collective and there were several pieces not done with it yet but we we had three of us had goals to get something related to it done uh for the meeting otherwise we'd all get marked down and so like it was just frantic rush last minute and i'm sure dustin you probably got one of those emails from savina and then the follow-up where she's like oh, i sent you the wrong link sorry but that was all us like trying to get these these goals done because it was in our weekly meeting and we were all going to have to say whether we finished it or not. Yeah, I've thought a lot about like that kind of stuff, like project management or just like team management stuff. And yeah, because like, I think there's I, probably people for sure are going to say like there's no shortage of things they want to get done or like they have like, you know, problems or difficulties managing priorities and people and stuff. And um yeah, I think it's, you know, it's personal accountability. Like, all right, I'm going to, like, I'm going to do this thing. This is what I want to do. And then, like, 
building it out to a team of like having accountability with each other, like for your team meetings and stuff. And I remember being a part of them and that was a really, you know, kind of helpful tool of just sort of like putting it out into the world. Like, Hey everybody, I'm going to do this. Like, which I know I, I feel like we've gotten into like goal setting. I was like with new years and sort of circling back around that. Like, it, and I know there's some, I don't know, science, but sort of uh, thoughts on like the benefits of sharing goals or not sharing goals. But I think I err more on the side of like, public accountability i think that that is definitely important and i um wrote a blog post about like project management software like we, we used you know i'm sure i don't know if you still use the same one i use or you know you use when i was there but like just doing that kind of stuff and just seeing all the stuff that you do like helps you like feel motivated to do more stuff having like accountability like oh i know tom is doing that piece of this puzzle you know yeah. um and just yeah i kind of uh, having meetings to say like hey did you get that thing done and you get it to be like i did not and it's just kind of like it, you know you have to, to feel that i guess so um yeah that is, that is a really good point of just like you gotta gotta get it on the list for it to be able to be able to get done doesn't guarantee i guess it getting done but certainly the uh accountability to each other on your team too is helpful yeah yeah, yeah. If, you, if, if you can't be accountable to yourself be accountable to someone else until you build up the own the, the, well, I don't want to say you because I don't want to talk for everyone else, but I've learned for me is that um, I, I used to not be very good at accountability to myself and I would let things slip. And so what I did, the trick, the, the, the hack for that was I would, I would tell someone else and get accountable to them or commit to them um, and ask them to check in with me. And that accountability helped me build up my own internal strength of, of willpower to get something done. Now I feel like I'm pretty solid where I could do it on my own. However, I still, I still, I still need the person around me or people around me to keep me accountable hmm. and moving forward with, yeah. with big projects, you know, like the, the book, the 21 tips book and all that. Those are the kind of things that I have friends that are working on books and they're just like two, three, four years in, and we 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 worked our tails off to get it done. It was because we set we were none of us were going to show up at that weekly meeting, not having to say or not willing to say we didn't get X done for for our part of the project. And when we're working with a high functioning team, um, no one wants to let anyone else down. And there's a phrase: uh, 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 A players like to work with A players. Uh, and, and B players work with C players and C players work with B players, but A players won't work with B and C players. And so if someone on your team is a, is a B or a C player, heads up, your A players are going to start veering away from them and they may leave your team, they may leave your, your, your department, they may leave your school, but uh, it becomes a really important thing to make sure that whoever you're putting on your team is an A player because if you bring a B player or a C player into an A player team, it impacts the entire team, mm -hmm. that one person. So I try, I try and I, I like to stack a rack, you know, like bring in, <laughs> bring in great people. And, and I'm so thankful that throughout the years, I've always had such awesome people coming through our doors. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's definitely a good point. And I just thought of kind of a big question. So with like planning stuff uh, and like kind of, uh, you know, writing things down, like making sure you do them and like accountability and just like sort of in that vein and we're halfway through the year, like, you know, you can go about it like both like personally and professionally, one or the other or whatever. I'm just curious, like how much of this year has like gone according to plan and how much of it has been like either good or bad sort of like, you know, stuff kind of just coming up and happening. Like, I don't know if like, you know, good opportunities have come up or just like 
So I know, like, just with you, like, speaking, if it's just, like, wow, like, some really good stuff's come up or just, like, because I know, like, it's the whole, like, New Year's resolution thing and you have, like, you know, uh, like, quarterly meetings and, uh, like, all, like, meetings to try and plan stuff out. And maybe if, if you want to also put it in context of, like, past years, but, like, how much has 2016 felt like, oh, it's going, like, according to plan? How much has it felt like it's, because I know for me, like, this job is totally, like, an awesome opportunity that sort of came out of nowhere, and I'm glad that it did. But, um, yeah, how much, like, however you want to take that question a lot going into that, but just, like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, this is where, um, if I were, if I were, uh, if I was doing a TED Talk, it'd be like, goals are bullshit. <laughs> that would be the title of the talk, you know, just to get all the clicks and the attention. But then people are like, "Hold on!" Uh, and and um, I was out, I was out in California with a, a a former speaker friend who now is in the corporate world, doing all sorts of awesome stuff. Um, and he was reflecting on his career, and he said, and he said, "You know, Tom, every time I planned to do something and achieved it, I got." five brownie points, whatever, you know, like just some arbitrary amount. So I got five. But then everything that came up along the way that seemed like it was a good opportunity, I went for it, was always exponentially more brownie points in the end. And so his, his, his thesis running right now is he's like, he says that the, the things that have had the biggest impact on my career are the things I didn't plan for, but took advantage of when they showed up along the journey. So there's some, there's some things implied there that um, it's not about not doing nothing. It's about, it's about having the journey, walking, waking up, uh, participating in things you're interested in, um, setting goals and achieving those goals, and allowing for the space for, for the, the randoms to show up that are exponentially more valuable to, to one's career. Uh, for us, I can definitely say that every project that we've set out to do since the end of the year, we've achieved. And I think that's one part systems. I, no, it, it, well it is, it, it's half of it's the systems that we have in place to achieve all the projects we, we focus on um, from those daily meetings to weekly meetings to quarterly strategic planning to using a, a Gantt chart uh, and, and Google Docs and tracking the, tracking the activity. The second part is the, is the team, uh, who's on the bus and are in the right seat doing the right work. And, and those two parts are what allow us to succeed at those. However, uh, as the leader of the team, one of the things I spend a big chunk of my time in is, is exploring. And that's not a project. It's, it's more of just um, someone popped into my world and says, hey, you know, I want to talk with you about X. I'm like, sure, let's talk. Let's go out to lunch. Let's have coffee. Come into the office. Like, let's chat it up. Uh, and and stuff, stuff is happening from that. I don't know if it's it, What will happen is stuff will happen. Stuff has happened. And if it becomes valuable enough to the company, what I'll do or the team is that I'll actually bring it into then the project planning process. But for right now, as the leader of the team, I want to make sure my team's fully functioning moving forward with the project so we hit green across the board. And I'm going to spend a big chunk of my time exploring what else is out there so that uh, we're ready for the next strategy session. Yeah. yeah. It, and I, I know, it's sorry, one more thing on this, is that mm -hmm. if, if you're the leader of a team and, and you're not leaving your team to go talk to your, your students or your 
your your boss or or outside the campus culture or elsewhere, um, you're missing out on a huge chunk of, of potential strategic ideas and planning and, and, and innovation that could happen, right? that doesn't happen when we're just headstrong down, blinders on, getting each project done. Yeah, very good point. Yeah, and I know a lot of people out there like to read uh, you know, non-higher ed related books for that kind of stuff, and yet yeah, if you go out to like, you know, networking events or meetups or something, you can like connect with other people and um, yeah, if they just sort of give you like a germ of idea or, you know, they could be a good partnership or something and yeah, it's really beneficial. And it's a, it's a good point. Yeah. Just like not to be so focused on just achieving the goals and um, yeah, if some sort of random opportunity comes up, it's just like, like, yeah, let's see what happens. Cause I know sometimes like I'll get, you know, random emails about like writing or something and it's like, yeah, I'll entertain it and I'll, you know, sort of humor it, I guess, and see where it goes. Sometimes they come up to something and sometimes they don't. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah if you're just sort of like, yeah, you know, have the blinders on, then it's like, well, for sure, nothing's going to come of it because you're just ignoring people's emails or something. Um, yeah. So yeah. So that's, that's By the way, side side note, I feel like uh, anyone who listens to the to the Ted Ferris uh, podcast, I feel like these episodes that we do about once a quarter, these are like the Ted Ferris, Kevin Rose rambling sessions where it's like there's no specific agenda or topic but each topic we just bring up one and then there's one of us has a comment or a thought or read something on it so it's fun and i hope i hope the people listening enjoy these these uh these side tangents yeah Uh, yeah sometimes like i jot down random things and it's like yeah i don't really know like a specific topic like what am i gonna like title this episode or something like going in and it's like we find it we figure out stuff to talk about every time so um, (laughs) it's true yeah um True. Yeah, I'm trying to think. We, yeah, go ahead. Wait, I, I, this is a totally random one. No, it's not totally random. I feel like it's 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 a huge topic right now in higher ed. Um, it's a huge topic in in the the U.S. It's always been. Um, is what? So I just uh, I just finished the O.J. Simpson um, ESPN American American Tale or whatever the title. It's like Made of it in is. America. Made in America. Yeah. And man, the, 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 the series has just got so much attached to it uh, that could be digested for months uh, between race relations, uh, police departments, the legal system, celebrityism, uh, all of it wrapped into this. And one thing, though, on the race relations that I was, uh, I, we, we just finished up our, one of our book club books was uh, Lessons in Dying, or Lessons in Dying, Lessons from Dying, Lessons in Dying. And uh, it's an older book, and it was uh, one of the, the topics, there was a scene in the book where, yeah, A Lesson Before Dying, that's the name of the book. Uh, and there's a scene in there where, where the, the main character, who, who's an educated African-American, is in a bar, um, and this is back in the, the, I think the 40s was the book was set. And he's just, he had a great day. It was like, it was, it was a big win for him. But he's sitting there. There's these other people, this other group uh, down at the other end of the bar, who just started kind of just poking fun at him for being black or African American, and and it got under his skin. And all of a sudden, then it, like it started boiling up all these um, uh, emotions that he was having around uh, um, segregation and not being able to vote, or slavery, or other areas of his life where he's been um, oppressed because of his his skin color. And it all was building up to the point where he just had to do, he, he let out a punch and he fought him. And it turned into this whole scene. 
And I feel like that right there, that scene was so powerful to me because it plays out in so many situations in life right now where there's, even whether it's with a police officer or not, and we think like, oh, in that moment, that person should have just controlled themselves. Uh, but what we're missing is the entire narrative that's building up to that punch or that moment. The 17 other times when that, that black male has been in front of a police officer and been disrespected or treated unfairly or was in a store and had someone follow him because he thought he was going to rob the store. And, and so like it all builds up and all we're seeing and all the media shows is that one microsecond of him punching the officer or whatever it might be or uh, you know, getting into a fight and then everyone who's sitting back in their lounge chair is going, oh, well, he should have controlled himself. You know, like, why couldn't he control himself? So like that, that's, that's huge. That was huge for me. And it was like such a, it was, not that I didn't know it, but it, like it, it came more to the forefront understanding it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll connect the uh, folks to the stuff in the show notes and um, yeah, if they want to check it out. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's my nerdy brain. Uh, it's like, there's a, um, they're coming out with like an animated movie for it. Like, uh, like Batman, the killing joke. It's the idea of like Joker's trying to get under the Batman skin and like other people to show like what someone's capable of on that. Like one bad day, like the worst day that they've ever had or something that like, you know, Batman would break his one rule, but it's like that, that same idea of like, it's like people should be able to empathize of just like that person was having like, you know, a really bad day or the worst day or just like, you know, yeah, like 17 consecutive bad days in a row where this was just the one, you know, the one that kind of broke the camel's back sort of thing or you know however you want to look yeah. at it and yeah it's like a lot of stuff like that it's just like the the story of things like working out or whatever it's like that's that's not really a story like people don't really hear about you know all the flights that didn't crash they just hear about the one that did sort of thing it's like most flights are safe and get to where they need to go and like there's no problems but you know actually because i just listened to like a freakonomics podcast episode about that i'm just like people just have this fascination with like plane crash stories even though like car crashes are way more common and like you know kill more people and stuff but it's just like you know i think it's the idea of like you know, shooting a metal tube into the air at 100 miles an hour, you know, hundreds <laughs> of miles per hour um, is just like very much goes against our nature. So when it doesn't work out, it's like, aha, I knew it. <laughs> that wasn't supposed to work out. But um, yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. It's not, it's not even um, there's uh, it's, it's the ability. Oh, there's, there's gotta, it's gotta be a, a there's a cognitive bias here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's where when I'm not in control, I assume something happens uh and and that's the big thing with with flights is that i don't feel like i'm in control and so because i'm not in control then each bump each thing excellent elevates the the level of fear i have that planes crash and on top of that is the media that will hyper focus on one plane crash but never tell you about the number of um uh the number of car crashes that happen every single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I I wish I, I got into a debate about this, and I'm gonna I'm just gonna do a quick search to see if I can find it. Uh, that I was giving stats to a friend who just really challenged me about about uh, driverless cars. Oh wait, did I find it? Oh, uh, maybe. I'll keep looking. If mm-hmm. I, I I might find it here because it, it was it was really interesting. Oh yeah, here it is. So I, I went in, and they really challenged me on, on driverless cars. So here, here's some stats for everyone for fun. 
In 2005, Google's, driver, uh, Google's self-driving car uh, has driven uh, 1 million miles and had 14 accidents with zero deaths. So the percentage of accident rate was 0.0014%. The death rate was 0%. In 2014, human driving accidents, uh, humans drove two, almost 3 trillion miles and had 5,600,000 5, accidents with 32,000 deaths. So the accident percentage was 19.3% and the death percentage was 0.0011%. Uh, and, and this is a situation similar to planes where uh, people are really scared about driverless cars because they're not in control. And I'm trying to show with the stats that regardless of the control, stats don't lie. And I was using it based on number of miles driven because people are like, well, there's not as many driverless car miles driven. So maybe it will change. Maybe when we have a, a trillion miles, they'll be equal. I don't think so. I feel like humans were particularly not so good at certain things, and this might be one of them. Yeah. We should just shouldn't drive cars. We we're more, we have way more valuable use of our, our mental energy than driving a car. Yeah. Someone's, someone's going to hate on me for that comment. I know it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's one of those things. Cause I think it's it's still so like theoretical for so many people, but it, yeah, I'm, I'm sure in our lifetime we'll see a lot more driverless cars come out, and yeah, I'm I'm certainly in support of it as a concept because I think yeah, it's like it's not eliminating all the variables out of driving, but I think it's eliminating some of the worst ones, like where it's just like oh, if I'm tired or if I'm like upset or if I'm distracted or something, you know, likelihood of getting in an accident and a bad accident is you know really high, but you know driverless cars like you take a lot of those variables out. There's still so many things of like you know things have to communicate and sync and be you know. You know, doing all those different kind of things, but it's like I think some of the worst variables are eliminated with driverless cars. So I'm intrigued and supportive of like exploring this as a concept. And like you said too, it's like we could spend our time so much better not having to like spend so much time driving our cars. So um, I hope that oh, we I'm figure so, it out. I'm so in. I'm so in. Yeah, I'm ready. I don't own a car because I'm here in the city, but like I'm all as soon as the rental cars have driverless cars, sign me up. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be. A... It will change. It will change. It will change transportation, and and I guess it'll also depend. Well, gas prices, or do they go electric, and what's the renewable energy it's using? Uh, I feel like that will all matter too. It's like the cost of driving. Mm-hmm. Will it stay as cheap as it is right now? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, I had some random tangential stuff which i really don't feel like will be interesting but um <laughs> I'll, I'll just mention it because it's on my mind we won't, we won't talk about it i feel like i've seen a lot more about accreditation lately with like for-profit institutions than i have you know within the few years that i've been kind of in this world so a little bit of like a head scratcher for you of just like that's something that's been intriguing me i think it's that we're finally cracking down on something that we should have cracked down on before of just like schools that aren't really focused on outcomes so um but at the same time, but at the same time, accreditation is the is the is the final gatekeeper right now to right. massive innovation in higher ed, and I don't want to say the for profits who are using it to their advantage, uh, it, like they're they're coming up with these the accreditation with quotes around it, uh, but the Gates Foundation is is uh, yeah the Gates Foundation backed by Warren Buffett they're they're fully funding certain nonprofit schools to be accredited so that they can experiment with the education system. And the problem is the cost to become accredited is just so much that it, it really limits the ability for any anyone to come in and just experiment uh, and try things out. And I think that that 
if I were going to predict in the next five, 10 years, that's going to be when that accreditation code gets cracked, uh, there's going to be a big shifts in higher ed. Mm. Yeah, good points. Good to you know, showcase both sides of the coin. Accreditation is important and valuable to you know keep things legit, but uh, certainly does uh, you know limit innovation, like you said. And that's a really good point. So um, yeah, it's just a little little nugget for people to uh, take a look at it if they're interested. But um, yeah, and you did mention that uh, as of the recording of this episode, a uh, new SAC book, Failing Forward, we'll sort of get a tip of the hat to that. Um, so if folks want to go check it out, we'll include a direct link in the show notes. Um, and also we've been talking about the uh, uh, 21 Tips, uh, the First Year Student to First Year Success book. Uh, so we've been uh, giving shout outs to that uh, in some of our recent podcast episodes. So definitely we'll link out to that as well just for folks to check out. Um, yeah, we'll have links to all the other random stuff that we mentioned in this episode. But um, anything you want to like tease, like anything that's coming up for you, like, you know, in the summer, just like summer plans for you or stuff that you're looking forward to as we uh, wrap up this episode? Yeah, I am. Uh, I am. I'm going. I, I, I'm taking my parents to Ireland. Oh, wow. I nice. mean, I'm not like I'm not paying for the whole trip. Like they're paying for their part of it. But like we're going together. Right. 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 Um, okay. Which is the first time I've taken a solo trip, just me, independent of all the fam- the rest of the family with my parents. And probably the biggest part. And I know for some people this probably won't be a big shocker because uh, they because they do it often. But for me, uh, I, one thing I committed to was of the it's a it's a 11, 12 day trip. Of the 12 days, I committed to six days to have my vacation autoresponder on my email and not look at work. Mm. I'm, my heart just palpitated a little bit right there. Uh, and, and granted, of those six days, I'm buffering it over the holiday weekend and so that I minimize the number of actual work days that are, that are impacted. Um, and... Uh, this is a first step for me to ultimately being able to uh, do trips and unplug from work. And I think that there's a lot of value in the creative process to to actually step away from everything and then come back at it, uh, refresh, recharge. And so that's what I'm hoping to do. Well, I, I know I'm committed to doing the six days, uh, but I'm really hoping that this trip is a Ireland's a gorgeous country, and uh, I'm excited. I leave the 29th of June, whenever this podcast comes out. I'm not sure, but 29th of June to July 11th. Nice, nice. And have you been before? Like, are you going to be able to kind of lead around? I guess in terms of like sort of, you know, taking your parents to Ireland, like you can kind of be a little bit of a guide to them. Or I was there. I was there. I did a backpacking trip mm-hmm. right out of college, way back when. Uh, so I don't really remember places. Every I don't remember enough to actually guide. Uh, but uh, I have a pretty good itinerary lined up for them. The one thing that that will be interesting is that I am driving, renting a a manual transmission or manual a stick shift, basically. And the only way I've ever driven stick shift is in video games. So, <laughs> we'll see what translates, you know, just like. Right, yeah. but I feel like I got the gist of it. You know, like you gotta have the clutch down to be able to move the stick. And it's based on a certain percentage of like, after you pass this speed, then you gotta go up to the next speed. <laughs> I'll just be like grinding coffee with it for a little bit when you start out, just like, oh, just, I got it, I got it. Like, 
Right, yeah. right. Uh, and I mean, my dad knows. My dad was my dad was born and raised in Germany, and he had a stick shift, and he knows it. So I, my hope is that it, it'll be a fun father son bonding because he can't drive anymore because of his age uh, and and his Parkinson's, and so he hopefully he can guide me while I learn to drive, and then if we can just get out of the the, the airport. Um, and drive for just a little bit. I feel like I can get the gist of it. It's good. My first. I'm gonna be really nervous when I'm just reversing out of the 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 parking lot. That's probably gonna be the most scary for me. Yeah. Well, then it's awful too. Like, yeah, you have to like get it out of the, like the airport. So I feel like it was like the most stressful place to drive because they're always just like, move that car, get over here. You gotta move. Like, you can't park here. It's like, oh my goodness. You know, I, I wish you the best of luck because I guess the joke there is that like between your sort of like video game thing and your dad you know it's just like you can create one capable like stick shift driver where it's like that'd probably be my thing where it's just like through my like 25 percent knowledge and someone else's 75 percent, we could be one capable manual right. driver you know like right and they drive and it's on the left side of the road so right that's just, right oh man well, it's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be epic if anyone is listening and uh, they have done the 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 first time stick shift overseas somewhere um, hit me up with some advice at at Tom Kriegelstein. Let me know because uh, I would uh, I would love to hear it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that sounds like it's going to be fun and uh, good for you for unplugging for a little bit and uh, spending some time with family and going on a cool trip. And um, yeah, actually, I think over that same time, that, that same kind of holiday weekend uh, my brother's getting married, so I'll be going over to oh, uh, Delaware. Yeah, so I'll see him and. Uh, be, be there for him and just have a couple of days away you know, with the Delaware beaches, which are very nice. And I love going back to sort of my second home state. Um, so, yeah, so that'll be good. Um, yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm glad that we could, uh, I know you'll have probably a busy couple months coming up here as, uh, you know, July and August and uh, and September, because I know I saw your, your like, tweets and Instagram posts about your calendar that just, like, oh, August is really full. Like, oh, September is really full, too. Like, yeah, yeah it's yeah. just, like, filling yeah. up. So, um, yeah, I'm glad we could make time for this and, uh, you know, talked about a lot of random but good and uh, uh, cool stuff here. And, um, yeah, it's always, always good uh, to catch up with you and kind of have these uh, little uh, you know, different kind of podcast episodes. But I, like you said, we kind of grew up on random stuff, but I feel like it's all good stuff. And um, yeah, appreciate your time, man. It's good to good to talk to you. Always fun to catch up. And uh, to everyone out there in the student affairs world, uh, keep your head up. Uh, find the positive. Find the positive out there. There's a lot of challenges going on. Uh, look look for the good, uh, and, and celebrate the good, so that you don't get bogged down in. Um, the, the constant uh, uh, fights that are happening. And, and I don't say that those fights are bad, but I'm acknowledging that some people are getting burnt out by them. So uh, yeah, look for the good, find the supportive people around you to, that, that elevate you up instead of bring you down. Yeah, absolutely. I second it. Tom, have a good rest of your day and I'll talk to you later. All right, see you, Dustin. See you, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you want to help us out, leave us a review and rating on Stitcher or iTunes, or just share out the show so other people can find all the cool stuff we talk about every single week. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Student Affairs Spectacular Podcast.